Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash entitled parents, where an entitled mother tries to kidnap a newborn baby. Our next Reddit post is from Time Caterpillar. My sister and her husband were together for five years before they got married in 2016. Within a month of their marriage, my sister found out that she was expecting. She told very few people around her, and her mother-in-law was not one of them. When she was 12 weeks along, she finally felt secure enough to announce her pregnancy to everyone. Entitled instance number one. My sister's mother-in-law started crying, and everyone around her was celebrating. My sister announced the pregnancy during a family lunch between our families. The only people who knew were me, my parents, and my sister's husband, my brother-in-law. All of my sister's in-laws were just now finding out. My sister didn't want to share the news too early because she was worried about miscarrying. However, when her mother-in-law saw my parents and me smiling and not being surprised, she started bawling. She screamed that my sister ruined her experience of finding out about her grandbaby by not telling her as soon as she found out. She was angry about the fact that my sister shared the news with us, her literal flesh and blood, over her. Her father-in-law had to remove her from the situation, and my sister felt guilty, as did my brother-in-law. They spent the rest of the afternoon trying to make up for it, while the rest of us were confused why the mother-in-law thought that she deserved to know first. This led to another situation, entitled instance number two. Now, since mother-in-law felt excluded, she made sure that she was included from that point onwards. She threw my sister a baby shower way before she actually wanted one. The mother-in-law handled decorations and invites without even so much as consulting my sister. The mother-in-law mostly invited her side of the family and not ours. She also forced my sister to let her be present for each prenatal checkup and scan. She also moved into my sister and brother-in-law's house to help take care of, quote, her baby. She tried to control what and how my sister ate and also threw out essential prescribed medication for her. She argued against my sister's nutritionist who made a very extensive meal plan for her. Finally, my sister and brother-in-law had enough. They asked her to move out and to not stick her nose into everything that wasn't her concern. Now, mind you, my brother-in-law is a big softie and a mama's boy, but he'll stand up for his wife. This led to the penultimate situation, entitled instance number three. My sister's mother-in-law lost her mind. How could her baby boy throw her out of the house? She decided that it must be because my sister is a manipulative B-word. Somehow, that string of thought led her to believe that the baby couldn't possibly belong to her son because her son wanted to wait until marriage before intercourse and my sister got pregnant too soon. So the mother-in-law went around spreading gossip and rumors to anyone stupid enough to listen to her. She went from calling my sister's unborn baby her baby to now calling it every name possible. Devil child, the result of cheating, bastard, and whatnot. Then she started demanding that she had to see proof of paternity, otherwise she would cut the child and my sister off from the family, and also never speak to her son again if he wouldn't condemn his wife's behavior. She was also convinced that my family knew of the pregnancy before her because we had to have known that she cheated, so we deceptively got her married to my brother-in-law to hide that fact. This went on until my sister gave birth. My sister and brother-in-law went low contact with the mother-in-law for months pre- and postpartum. When the baby was about five months old, the mother-in-law apologized and said that she wanted access to her baby again. 
My sister and brother-in-law were very skeptical, but they agreed on supervised visits if and only if the mother-in-law was constantly accompanied by either my sister or brother-in-law. The mother-in-law did not like this. She once again threw a tantrum about how her son was corrupted by his evil wife because her darling son would never do something like this to his own mother. She once again brought up paternity and called my brother-in-law blind and an idiot for letting some common hussy force him to parent someone else's kid. My brother-in-law calmly stated that it was either his way or the highway. The mother-in-law chose his way. And finally, the peak of the entitled saga. The mother-in-law tries to kidnap the baby. So, on one of the days when the mother-in-law was allowed to visit the baby, my sister was very tired. The baby had colic that week, and so my sister was exhausted. My brother-in-law couldn't be home, and my sister tried rescheduling, but the mother-in-law was already on the way, and it was nearly impossible to stop her. My sister said that she handed the baby over to her mother-in-law in the living room and then sat on the couch. Big mistake. Unfortunately, my sister dozed off. When she came to, neither the mother-in-law nor the baby could be found. She looked for the baby frantically and called her mother-in-law, but no answer. She called her husband who drove home and picked her up, and they went to the mother-in-law's house to look for her. The father-in-law answered and said that he hadn't seen the mother-in-law since she drove down to visit my sister. However, her phone had Find My Phone activated, so they could track her phone from his device because they shared the same cloud. Sure enough, within minutes, they see the mother-in-law's phone moving towards a local hospital and lab area. They all hop in a car and drive to the hospital. My sister found the mother-in-law arguing with hospital staff over not performing any medical procedures and tests on a baby without the parent's permission. The mother-in-law wanted to get a paternity test performed on the baby. She was detained by hospital security, and the baby was in hospital custody because she thought that she'd kidnapped the baby. My sister and brother-in-law reached the hospital just in time because they were about to call the cops to try to locate the real parents. They had to show the staff like 10 different types of proof of identity and parentage before they were allowed to take their baby again. My brother-in-law threatened legal action against the mother-in-law, but I'm not sure what came of that. This happened years ago, and now my sister and brother-in-law have a really strained relationship with the mother-in-law. Their baby barely knows their grandma, but they're quite close to grandpa who often visits. Then, down in the comments, OP posts an update. It turns out, the father-in-law didn't know half of the things that were going on and often heard altered versions of stories from her. So, he filed for divorce. I don't know exactly what their arrangements are going to be yet, but I do know that he wants nothing to do with that old bag anymore. The father-in-law is temporarily moving in with my sister and brother-in-law until they figure out finances and separation details. Okay, so the single best thing about this story is that this woman kidnapped a baby. She committed a major felony when she didn't even have to. If she really wanted to do a paternity test on the baby, then all she had to do was like take a little Q-tip and get a little bit of spit from the baby and send that off to a lab along with her own DNA. If the baby's related to her son, then that also means the baby's related to her and the test would show that. Modern DNA tests are super easy. Basically, you just like spit into a tube and then mail it off and they mail back the results. And on top of that, they're insanely cheap. They're like a hundred bucks. I know a hundred bucks is still a decent amount of money, but the fact that you can get a science lab to test your own DNA for just a hundred bucks is just wild to me. That's a crazy achievement of modern science, but like that's beside the point. 
All this lady really needed was a test tube, a hundred bucks, and some baby drool. And trust me, babies make a lot of drool, and she could have had her answer. But instead, she was like, nah, I think I'd rather commit a major felony. Our next Reddit post is from Scarlet Absol. I work at a supermarket, and one of our regular customers is a woman who comes in with her two kids and buys an absolutely obscene amount of cereal whenever it's on sale. Now, when I say obscene amount, I don't mean 10 to 20 boxes at a time. She comes in and buys anywhere from 50 to 300 boxes of cereal at a time. Her and her kids usually come to the backroom door with three shopping carts and ask for 9 to 15 cases of cereal depending on how much we have left in stock. She's gotten denied service a few times, like the time she tried to buy an entire pallet of cereal the day before Thanksgiving. Management cut her off after 90 boxes because her order was holding up lines for three of our seven registers. The stock department manager absolutely despises this woman, and he's told this woman on multiple occasions that if she's going to purchase more than three cases of cereal, she has to call a few days before she comes in so he can order extra cereal. But she always claims that she won't know what she'll need until she comes in, and she refuses to cooperate. This happened to me on a Sunday when I was the only person working in my department. I had just finished emptying the baler when Cereal Lady poked her head into the storage room. Hey, could you get me some cereal? She asked. I scanned our sale pallets and she said, It's on the second level of the scaffolding. I told her, Unfortunately, I can't get that down for you. I'm not authorized to use the equipment needed to get that down. Is there anyone on who can get that down for me? Unfortunately, I'm the only one on at the moment. The full-timer who normally works alongside me on Sundays has the day off. She sighed and asked, Could you just do it for me this one time? I responded, No, I'm not authorized to use the machine needed to get that down. And she said, Seriously? You can't just do it this one time? I told her, No, I cannot do it this one time. I'm not allowed to use that machine, nor do I even know how to use it. If I get caught using that equipment, then I won't only lose my job, but I could potentially face legal trouble and steep fine should I damage something or injure myself. She huffed and said, Fine, I'll just get the front-end manager. He'll do it for me. A few minutes later, the front-end manager walked into the storeroom with the woman in tow. He asked me, Hey, OP, are you authorized to use the power lift? I said, Nope. Is your colleague here yet? He's off today, and the other authorized person already left for the day too. The front-end manager turned to the cereal lady and said, I'm sorry, but that product is unavailable for today. There's no one who can get that down. The cereal lady then started shrieking. You're a manager, and you can't get that down for me? I was never trained on that equipment because this isn't my department, and therefore I'm not allowed to operate it. You're going to have to come back tomorrow if you want that cereal. The cereal lady then stormed back to the cereal aisle without another word. I haven't seen her since that day, and my department manager has since started storing cereal pallets on the same side as the storage room door, so she can't poke her head in and demand 15 cases of cereal without calling a few days in advance. Down in the comments, Jim March says, Call the cops. She's obviously a serial killer. So, jokes aside, I was looking down in the comments thinking, surely this woman isn't actually eating this cereal, because even a, like a big family cannot possibly eat that much cereal. And it seems like the general consensus is that this woman is taking the boxes of cereal and using it to stock corner stores, bodegas, things like that. Our next Reddit post is from Robin J. A few years ago, we were traveling back from a football game in a train, sitting in first class. The ticket inspector comes along and checks our tickets, and then moves on to the entitled mother and spawn sitting behind us. The conversation goes as follows. 
The ticket inspector says, Are you looking for an upgrade today, ma'am? No, why? These tickets are for standard class. You'll need to pay to upgrade if you want to sit here. I'm not paying to sit here when I've already paid for my tickets. Then you'll have to go sit in the standard seat you've booked. We can't sit there because, insert racial slur, came and sat opposite us, so we had to move. Ma'am, please don't use language like that. Either pay to upgrade or return to your seats. The entitled mother then tries a diversion tactic and points at us. What about them? How come they're allowed to sit here? They have first-class tickets. But look at them. They're drinking beer. They should be put in no class so me and my child can sit here in peace. For the last time, you either pay for the upgrade, return to your seat, or I'll have to remove you from the train. Now, which is it going to be? I'm not going back to sit near those people. Fine, have it your way. The ticket inspector walks off, leaving the entitled mother with a smug smile on her face. For all of 12 minutes, when the train pulled into the next station and three cops got on and forcibly removed her. That was even more satisfying than the fact that my team won 3-0 to that day. That was our slash entitled parents, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.